0: Welcome to another edition of the second and goal fantasy podcast i'm calvin your host back here with your co-host chris the fantasy expert who good to be back everyone back it's been more than a year i checked i scrolled down and down and down in the episodes and the last time chris was on an episode was episode 143 when we were previewing rb's last year that was last july it's now july 2023 and mm-hmm. Chris, I teased this on the episode that somebody might be coming. I didn't say who. Now they know. How are you feeling? How are you feeling to be at last back?
1: You know, I got I've met, might be a little bit rusty. You got 70 episodes of Rust, but uh, <laughs> I'm excited to be back. It's a, a good feeling. that's just, you know, looking down the fantasy rankings, just getting to go through all that and get back in that kind of mindset. So, Yeah.
0: Good. For those of you who don't know, Chris has hosted this podcast for the majority of his existence as a co-host and uh, left about how long ago it was probably two years ago now that you left but came back occasionally to host some episodes Mm -hmm. it's been a particularly long while since you've been back but I'm of course glad to have you and we are um ready to go I mean we got top 20 wide receivers to talk about I'm sure I'll edit in at some point a bold take so if like I'm doing a fifth bold take on this episode. Recorded one of the off season, so if it randomly cuts to that during this and then cuts back to the episode, that's why. It's because I edited mm-hmm. it in.
1: But okay, top twenty wide It's What's funny that? that just when I left the show, uh, like a long time ago, it was the first time we were doing bold takes, and now I'm back. Uh, making my return and it's the third time that third season of doing bold take, which is just crazy yeah to think that.
0: it's kept going and I remember those first ones you had like Najee Harris and Michael Pittman and like Brandon Ayuk as like big mm-hmm. targets on those I, re- I do
1: remember <laughs> Brandon Ayuk really well. oh, that kind of stuff it just looks funny you know just going back and watching old episodes and seeing how players have developed and hearing how high our voices were Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true.
0: <laughs> it's been over three years since this podcast started, back in March of 2020. Now it's July 2023, still going strong. Over 200 episodes. Chris, what do you say we do our top talk about the top 20 receivers? Now we have the list here on Fantasy Pros and Half PPR. Are you ready to go? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Wide receiver one, perhaps the 101 in drafts. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe it's Christian McCaffrey, but the clear top wide receiver for fantasy football is justin jefferson we've seen what he can do on the field and it needs no explanation um he just had another absolutely excellent year despite not even having like elite level quarterback play he does it with kirk cousins at the helm had over 180 targets this season that should tell you everything you need to know he gets thrown to when he's open when he's in one-on-one coverage when he's in double team coverage as we saw in that fourth and 18 against the bills and single-handedly takes this offense to the next level. Chris, I don't think do you think there's any doubt that he's the wide receiver one next year?
1: No, definitely. And I think it's saying something. I mean, in a few years, we we haven't had anyone really been in the conversation, you know, consistently as a wide receiver for being the possible one on one. So that just shows the caliber of player that Justin Jefferson is coming into this year. Um, you know, he was already great. Now they lose Adam Thielen. That's just more targets, more of a red zone share, which that was one of the biggest things was the red zone share wasn't as strong as a lot of people expected with Justin Jefferson last season. So uh, that definitely opens that up. Um, I don't think it's, it's hard to make a case for anyone over Justin Jefferson this year, but it's, it's much easier to honestly make a case for him to be the one-on-one.
0: Yeah. And that's a great point. He, despite being so great last year and having so many top five finishes, only eight receiving touchdowns all year. That could go up into the double digits. If Jordan Addison doesn't fill the same red zone role that Adam Phelan did. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that's really what Adam Thielen was primarily to the Vikings. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. he was a solid wide receiver, but really that big body red zone target is what his primary role was. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how they use Addison and Jefferson to kind of replace that role because they're going to need someone to kind of fill that void.
0: Yeah, and it could be TJ Hawkinson as well, but I expect Mm -hmm. we're going to see just as great. and We shouldn't see any drop off from Justin Jefferson this year. Same with the wide receiver two on this list, Jamar Chase. Of course, he is arguably just as talented as Justin Jefferson. I think you probably have to make the case that at this point, Jefferson's more talented because he does what Chase does and more with a worse QB situation. But even so Mm -hmm. Jamar Chase still racked up over 130 targets, despite missing effectively five games last year and has absurd amounts of just efficiency in terms of getting deep balls and yards after the catch put up nine touchdowns despite playing in five less games had multiple wide receiver one overall finishes I think there's in this case with Chase versus Cooper Cup there's a bit more of a competition given how elite we saw Cooper Cup be in the past but Chris Mm -hmm. would Jamar Chase still sit at your wide receiver two ahead of Cooper Cup
1: yeah, definitely. Uh, honestly, I think it's pretty, e- I'd pretty easily put him above Cooper Cup. I mean, just the target share he's seeing in such a high caliber offense, um, I think is the case alone. You know, that's, mm-hmm. and just his skill in general. He's one of the most talented receivers in the league. He's still young. He's still in his prime right now. So uh, I wouldn't expect anything to regress from last year. It should continue to just grow on what he's been doing. So yeah, uh, no reason can- to put him any lower than the 102
0: yeah and the concern for cup is obviously he's 30 years old and now coming off of an injury i still like him enough to think of him as the wide receiver three on where they have him at fantasy pros and to me it's still pretty close because when he was on the field Like, just listen to these target shares to start the season. Week one, he had 15 targets, 13 catches. Week two, 14 and 11. Week three, six targets and four catches. That looks like such an outlier for him. Then 19 targets and 14 receptions. And then 10 targets and seven receptions. He kept doing that until he got hurt. He had 98 was targeted 98 times in nine games like that average is just absolutely absurd had so many top mm-hmm. 10 weeks and if it wasn't for the injury we could have seen another historic season does it worry you though the qb situation for him with an aging matthew stafford or is his would you say like chris's target share is maybe like in command enough to where it's not going to matter too much for his fantasy value
1: um, I think it's definitely a concern, something to watch out for. I mean, Matthew Stafford isn't by any means a, you know, a poor quarterback for fantasy wide receivers. Like, I look at Matthew Stafford, and I'm totally comfortable with that for Cooper Cup. But I think when you're putting it up against someone like Joe Burrow, who could, you know, for all we know, he, I mean, Joe Burrow could very well throw for 50 touchdowns this next season. You know, he's got that kind of potential, that kind of offense. So, uh, you know, I just think there's a lot more opportunity. Whereas if Jamar Chase isn't, you know, Jamar Chase is going to be good, even if he, And he doesn't need all the targets that Cooper Cup's getting. Cooper Cup is relying on those targets and that workload. And so with him at 30 years old, for someone that we're really, you know, the reason he's at the 103 is because we're betting on a huge workload. That makes me a little bit more uncomfortable just because there is that injury risk. There is the fact that he's getting older.
0: Yeah, that's true. And that's a great point because like you said, Chase, I mean, Chase is highly targeted, but he doesn't necessarily rack up a ton of receptions more so like he, he can put up big games on four or five receptions mm-hmm. and Cooper Cup while being explosive doesn't have the deep same deep play ability that Jamar Chase does.
1: Yeah, Exactly.
0: And then Tyreek Hill sits at number four. Speaking of big playability, this no one else has it as much as Tyreek Hill. It just I marvel at the fact that he made two a talk by Loa look like an elite deep ball passer because he gets so open that even if he's underthrown, he's still wide open because he's just too fast. 170 targets over 1700 yards. Shockingly, only eight touchdowns last year, one on the ground, seven through the air that it, despite the dolphins putting up a lot of points, I do think that touchdown upside may be a little bit limited from year to year, just because of Jaylen, er, J, 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 Jalen, or Jalen, Jalen, Jalen Waddle, excuse me, being there as just an elite wide receiver too. But it's clear that the target upside was just fine for me, Chris, like heading into the, his tenure with Tua Tagovailoa. I talked about how I thought Tyreek Hill would actually potentially rise in targets in that 2021, 2022 season. Like now that um without Patrick Mahomes, that he would, rise up and he did from 159 targets in 2021 to 170 in 2022 with Tua Tagovailoa. by loa so clearly the target share is still there are there any concerns with that you have about hill or do you think he's locked in as a top five guy once again
1: um I, yeah i think he's definitely a top five guy the only thing is kind of it's still to a justin jefferson with touchdowns i mean he didn't have as many touchdowns as a lot of people expected mm-hmm. um he was definitely, you know, when we saw with the Chiefs, he was a touchdown monster. So I think that that's something to watch to possibly progress. And one of the reasons I like Hill, um, because he was averaging over 100 yards per game last season, like if he can start scoring touchdowns, that will kind of put it all together. And so I think it's pretty easy to say that he's a safe top five pick. And even if he doesn't, I mean, his just ability with the ball, you know, he's going to be getting those yards after catch. You know, he only needs a few chances per game. He just needs to get it. the a few passes thrown to him and, you know, he could break any one of those for a touchdown. So in that kind of offense, that's going to be really good next year. I definitely expect he'll get a lot of chances. And if you get the ball in his hands, which the Dolphins like to do a ton, he's going to be good. He had three games with
0: over 175 receiving yards yeah. last year. It's, it's mm-hmm. just, a, it, it's absurd. And, ev- and even there's no one that- else that
1: can do that in the league. I mean, maybe Justin Jefferson, but honestly, like not the way that Tyreek Hill does it.
0: Yeah, not the not with the elusive ability and home run hitting ability. Like Mm just Justin Justin Jefferson can do it with spectacular catches and just monster amounts of targets, and he did have also three games with over 175 receiving yards. But there's Tyreek Hill, as we know, is a unique unique breed.
1: Mm -hmm,
0: Definitely. After this, on the wide receiver four, after the wide receiver four, there's a big like teardrop on fantasy pros. The next set of guys. Stephon Diggs, C.D. Lamb, A.J. Brown, Devontae Adams, and Amon Ross St. Brown. All of these guys, I would say, don't have the ceiling of the top four. They just don't have, like with Diggs, he's been consistent for years and years as an electric route runner and just the consistent number one target of an elite QB, but is not going to put up like 200-yard weeks like a guy like Justin Jefferson or Tyree Kill. C.D. Lamb, mm-hmm. same kind of thing, you could say. A.J. Brown, just the worry is that he's with another elite wide receiver in an offense that doesn't throw the ball as much as some of the others. So he has that elite ability, but maybe just doesn't get targeted as
1: much. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I think the one that stands out from that that tier list you just read is A.J. Brown is someone that I'm definitely concerned about. Um, I really like Devontae Smith, and that's part of the reason reason why I'm a little bit bullish on A.J. Brown. But, you know, I just think that in that offense, yes, it's going to be very high scoring, but I don't know if I have Devontae Smith as a top 12 wide receiver so I don't know if I trust AJ Brown to also be top 10 alongside of that Mm -hmm. so it's just a simple matter of just target share
0: yeah. I mean, 145 targets is still fantastic. And to me, the fact that he has absurd yard after the catch efficiency has made up for it. And that's why it's so easy to under project him when I feel like he can do so much more, but still not getting as many targets as a guy like Diggs or a guy like Devonte Adams. But the guys behind them as well, speaking of which Adams is the wide receiver, eight had 180 targets with Derek Carr now has Jimmy Garoppolo, which honestly probably isn't too much of a change like maybe Mm -hmm. Derek Carr has a better deep ball but they're not that much different and Amon Ross St. Brown is the wide receiver nine do you think like a guy like Adams is going to stay consistently like up there because I think he still has a pretty safe floor
1: yeah definitely I mean I honestly think that the loss of Derek Carr is going to have definitely a strong impact on him you know Jimmy Garoppolo I don't you know it's hard to predict because we've never seen them play together but At least with Derek Carr, you know, former college teammates, there was some chemistry there. And that's why we saw Devontae Adams get almost a third of the targets in that offense. So definitely some drop off there. But I think that also Garoppolo is just going to, you know, he's going to be looking for that check down option, which a lot of times the wide receiver, you know, Devontae Adams, he's your guy that's just going to catch 12 passes in a game. And, you know, it's that's just the normal for him. And I wouldn't expect to see anything different. He's not going to all of a sudden become a deep threat only or something like that. He's still going to be the, the uh, target monster that he normally is, even with Jimmy G at quarterback.
0: Yeah, for sure. And he did lead the league in target share last year. So mm-hmm. the question, yeah, but then, yeah, like you said, the question is, is that mainly because of Derek Carr or mainly because of the offense? It's got to be some of both. It's not going to go yeah, down it's, to where, like, he's not being the alpha in this offense, but maybe he won't get 180 targets again. Maybe it'll, that, yeah, that could definitely Yeah, I drop.
1: think I definitely expect regression in that but not to an extent that it destroys his fantasy value or anything
0: yeah and then like guys like Jacoby Myers being there now like I mean Mm -hmm. it's not going to make Adams not the wide receiver one obviously but he's commanded 100 targets or so in the past he's not going to get 100 this year but him Hunter Renfro both can pick up
1: lots of short to intermediate
0: routes that Devontae Adams thrives in as well Mm -hmm.
1: definitely yeah and there's a reason for the Raiders are going out and looking to pick up players like Jacoby Myers they want to have a more uh diverse uh, target share in their offense especially with a new quarterback you know you want to give your new quarterback options because you know there's just different levels of chemistry with different quarterbacks we've seen that so many times that's why it's hard to be super confident with players that are seeing a new quarterback for the first time just because you don't know how it's going to work but uh adams is such a skilled player that i think that jimmy g is going to still see him as a very obvious number one target
0: yeah, and hopefully, I mean, it might help his efficiency in some ways just because, um, like, last year it was good for Devontae Adams' fantasy value that he was targeted so much, but maybe bad for the offense because he only caught 100 of those passes. Like, there were a lot of games where Derek Carr tried and tried and tried and just could not connect with Devontae Adams, and it just tanked the offense entirely because he was really the only guy they had. Mm-hmm. But in Tier 3, I mean, those guys up there, definitely like some older names such as Stephon Diggs, Devontae Adams, um, combined with guys like CeeDee Lamb, Amon Ross St. Brown. In the Tier 3 on Fantasy Pros, it's a streak of young guys that goes Garrett Wilson at 10, Jalen Waddle at 11, Chris Olave at 12, T. Higgins at 13, then Devontae Smith at 14, and then DK Metcalf, Amari Cooper, and Keenan Allen to round out the tier. Is there anybody, Chris, that stands out for you here?
1: Um, I definitely think looking at that like 9 to 12 range, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, it's a bunch of young guys. And I think that's kind of a testament to a lot of people being nervous to put them, you know, so much higher just because they are new to the scene. You know, it's tough to put them when you've got guys like Devontae Adams who have been so consistently, you know, top five fantasy wide receivers, Mm -hmm. Tyreek Hill, it's hard to put them in that category. But I think that Really, there's going to be at least one of those guys that emerges into probably the top six level this year. I would not be surprised at all. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Just seeing which one of them is going to rise. And, you know, there's a lot of good options. Amon Ross, St. Brown, uh, huge target share, really broke out on the scene last year. Uh, Did Calvin, did he finish top 10 last year? Yeah, he did
0: finish top 10. He was, I believe, the wide receiver. I'll go double check, but the wide receiver, eighth.
1: Yeah, so I don't. See, just to put him at wide receiver nine seems a little bit crazy to me considering he finished at wide receiver eight last year and he's just going to continue to get better, so.
0: Yep, and Derrick Goff has proven himself stable and capable. Like, very similar numbers to... I talked about this on the last episode. Very similar numbers to Kirk Cousins who supports a wide receiver like Mm -hmm. Justin Jefferson. Like, there's more potential for Amon Ross, St. Brown than people think. But you're absolutely right. Like, with how fast the fantasy landscape changes from year to year, I would probably expect that in, in two years... Garrett Wilson will be a top six receiver consensus. Maybe Chris yep. Olave will be a top six receiver consensus. Jalen Waddle will continue to be around the top 10 and maybe other rookies that come onto the scene. will take their spots and do the same thing. It always happens where we see these young breakouts. And I especially think Garrett Wilson is going to be the soonest to do it. I think with Aaron Rodgers, obviously we don't know how Aaron, long Aaron Rodgers is going to stay with the Jets, but I see Garrett Wilson breaking out and having a Devonte Adams esque season. And showing that he's talented enough to where even if Rodgers exits the team sooner rather than later, he'll stay in that top eight or top six.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm totally right there with you. And uh, I don't know, there's even even with like the loss of Jamal Williams for going back to Amon Ross and Brown loss, of Jamal Williams, that opens up some targets. You know, maybe those are going to be transferred to Jameer Gibbs, but. We don't know what Jameer Gibbs' impact is going to have on the offense, but we do know that there's going to be consistency in the receiver room and in the quarterback room. And so I think that's the place in the Lions offense that, you know, you should be looking to for the most fantasy points is the the passing game, despite them, uh, in my opinion, reaching for Jameer Gibbs.
0: Yeah, they have Gibbs and Montgomery to replace Jamal Williams and Swift. And obviously Swift mm-hmm. didn't play that much last year, but when he was healthy, he did get some receptions as well. But, yeah. What about Jalen Waddle, though? I know this is a sore subject for you, given you that <laughs> in the
1: past you were <laughs> not know. high on him. I was not, I, yeah, Jalen Waddle is one of the players that I was definitely most wrong on.
0: Uh. He's been fantastic, though. I mean, I think to me, if there's any two receivers that'll finish both in the top 12, it's got to be Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, and they did it both last year. Waddle also with eight touchdowns. So, of course, they're splitting those red zone opportunities. And maybe, I mean, definitely not as fast downfield as a guy like Tyreek Hill, but he's up there. He's got home run hitting speed.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think Jalen Waddle is kind of the reason that it's hard to, you know, that it's it's hard to see Jalen Waddle being like top five guy just because he is limited by Ty- Tyreek Hill. But definitely, you know, his ability after the catch, his ability as a deep threat, cool um, loves to get him the ball. So I don't expect any of that to regress.
0: Yeah, he was the wide receiver seven. So that, I, I agree with
1: you. That's probably going to be about where his ceiling sits, though. Probably won't mm-hmm. merge into the top five. Yeah, definitely. I'm thinking the exact same thing. I expect a similar season. And again, you know, wide receiver seven, it's surprising to just see him at wide receiver 12 because nothing much is really changing in that offense that would show any signs of him slowing down.
0: Yeah, it's just if if you're bullish on a guy like guys ahead of him like Garrett Wilson, Amon Ra, it's hard to rank him that highly. But with mm-hmm. injuries that happened to all these guys, he very well could finish there again. Yep. And then at the wide receiver, twelve through fourteen wraps up that like young youth tier with Olave Chris Olave at the wide receiver twelve, T Higgins at thirteen, and Devontae Smith at the wide receiver fourteen. A couple of fantasy wide receiver twos, which is such a like weird situation as we talk about. With Jalen Waddle, I feel like that's especially prevalent this year because you've got those the the Bengals, the Dolphins, and the Eagles who all have those like do, that top duo of wide receivers that are maybe limiting each other's ceilings in a way, but also allowing each other to be like very very efficient in terms of yards per catch. So with Olave, Higgins and Smith, is there anyone you like most out of that tier? Or is that Chris, or would you say like they're around the same for you?
1: Um, I'd, I'd say I like Olave just because of the potential there.
0: Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, yeah, that's true.
1: He's definitely the top dog. He's, player, he's the only yeah. one out of
0: those who's the top dog in their offense.
1: Yeah. We saw the progression from him last year and I wouldn't expect that to slow down at all. Um, so nothing more than that. Other than that, I think T Higgins is the one that I'm, uh, that I like the least out of that group of three. Devontae Smith. I really like just because of that target share and just how high power that offense is. I mean, you know Devonte Smith is going to score touchdowns just because the Eagles are going to be scoring so many touchdowns this season. Um, it'll be interesting to see uh, what their running back room how that impacts things with DeAndre Swift being added. But I don't think it should have too big of an impact on Devonte Smith. And if anything, mm-hmm. it'll just get the Eagles in the red zone more often.
0: Yeah, and near the end of the season, I mean, those the target share never dipped below eight after week ten so like he's consistently still getting targeted and it's not like while he's not the clear top guy in that offense he can function as a wide receiver one in many different games
1: mm-hmm.
0: after that though we got older guys this is I mean at wide yeah. receiver 15 for me I mean dK Metcalf's still younger I should say but dK Metcalf Always, 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 I've been fading him for years and I never understand why he's this high. Last year, DK Metcalf played every single game and finished as the wide receiver 18. And the only thing that changed is the Seahawks added a first round wide receiver out of Ohio State and a second round running back out of UCLA. Is there any case, Chris, that should make DK Metcalf this high again when we've seen him be like matched just as much by a, even a guy like Tyler Lockett who outperformed him once again last year in fantasy.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um we've shown that the Seahawks aren't always going to look to DK Metcalf as their number, you know. They're going to look to other guys like Tyler Lockett. It's not an offense where DK Metcalf is seeing a ridiculous amount of targets. So I think now just them bringing in another wide receiver it's more reason to just continue to ask why he's being ranked so high. The one thing I will say is he's kind of almost a safer pick just because he doesn't have as much injury risk. I mean, like you said, to play in every single game is really something that it's hard to find and in the receivers Mm -hmm. running backs too. So I think there's that to note, but I don't see any reason that he's going to all of a sudden make the jump from 18 to 15 over the season.
0: Yeah. It just doesn't make any sense. I mean, obviously the talent is there. He's six foot Mm -hmm. three, 229 pounds, but, like Jackson Smith and Jigba's talent is there too. And yeah, he probably exactly. shouldn't have fallen all the way to 20. He's an excellent route runner. Mm-hmm. will probably start taking some snaps on the outside. The Seahawks, I expect to see run more three receiver sets because they have so many good options. And Geno Smith put up a really, really huge season last year. And DK Metcalf still couldn't climb above wide Yeah, exactly. 18. Like
1: it, it would be one thing if, you know, Geno Smith, if we thought Geno Smith was going to keep getting better, but you know, Geno Smith had, Probably, I mean, I think that that's going to be the best season that we see out of his career. I'd be surprised if he progresses any more next year. Yeah. So I don't know why people are continuing to expect some kind of jump from DK Metcalf. I think it's just his physical traits, you know, that make him such an uh, appealing target in fantasy just because you know he is the guy that's going to get tons of red zone targets. But despite that, it's not like he's, you know, it's not like he's scoring a ridiculous amount of touchdowns. So. It's just, mm-hmm. I don't know, people are expecting something that's not really showing up in the stats.
0: Yep, six touchdowns last year. You would think he should get more given those physical traits, but there's just not enough room in the offense. And that's despite Geno Smith throwing for 30. So we could see, like, the I mean, we, there's probably at least some slight touchdown positive regression that we'll see from him, but I don't expect it to be into the double digits mm-hmm. with the new wide receivers coming in. Yep, yeah, agreed. And then Amari Cooper, Keenan Allen, wide receiver 16, wide receiver 17. They both fit a similar mold in terms of being safe targets. I feel like Cooper may have more upside, though, at this point, though, because Allen, we know he has the safest floor out of some of like almost any receiver with Mike Williams, even with Mike Williams and Quentin Johnston still there. He's going to get his targets and he has a great QB. But Cooper There's kind of a mystery with the Deshaun Watson situation, whether he'll come in and take a true step forward. Amari Cooper was already a safe wide receiver two last year with nine touchdowns that he put up. If Watson comes in and really elevates him, maybe he could be a top 12 wide receiver because he's the wide receiver one in the Browns offense.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's going to be really, really interesting to watch how Deshaun Watson impacts his offense over the entire length of a season. So it definitely makes Amari Cooper a more risky player. I don't think that... Despite his age and that we know he's been he's been around for a while and he's had consistent uh consistent fantasy value. But the uh, with Deshaun Watson back for a full season, anything could happen. And that's why I really like Amari Cooper as kind of, you know, as if you're gonna go running back heavy and you wanna, you know, just that kind of target where you get a bunch of potential wide receivers. And I think Amari Cooper's that kind of guy that you could find as a wide receiver too that definitely has wide receiver one potential. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, he does, and I don't think a guy like Keenan Allen does, but the upshot of that is that with Allen, you probably want to go risky with your wide receiver one, with like a guy like Garrett Wilson or something, swing mm-hmm. for the fences, and grab Keenan Allen as a safe wide receiver too because yep. he's not finishing totally outside agree. of the top 20, top 24.
1: Hmm. Yeah, and it'll be, I mean, we've seen Deshaun Watson, you know, obviously back with DeAndre Hopkins, so if Amari Cooper fits that kind of role, that could be really fun to watch.
0: Yeah. I think it will be next year. I think he'll take at least somewhat of a step forward. These last three guys are so interesting. I kind of, I mean, I really like all of them at their values. Debo Samuel at the wide receiver, 18, Calvin Ridley at the wide receiver, 19, and DJ Moore at the wide receiver, 20. We've all seen them have top 12 or borderline top 12 seasons. And I think they're all in better situations than people think like Debo is, has of course been riddled with injuries in the past and has lots of competition at receiver, but is so explosive in both the running game and the passing game that he has that extra like threat ability, even though he got less carries this year because he was upset about being treated like a running back still got some out of the backfield. And when was, when he was healthy was still getting heavily targeted a guy like Calvin Ridley, though, to me, and even DJ Moore have just so much upside because they're new, the new wide receiver ones in their offense, and especially Calvin Ridley to me. And I don't know if I you were, we were talking before the show. I don't know if you completely agree with me here, but I'm absolutely bullish on his ability to be next level with Trevor Lawrence, who has come into his own as a really good NFL QB that can win playoff games. Now, Calvin Ridley is coming in. He's a better wide receiver than Christian Kirk, and we saw Christian Kirk put up a top 12 season just mm-hmm. last year. I see massive potential for him, and I like DJ more as really an elite wide receiver. Finally, maybe getting his match at QB.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm thinking the exact same thing with you. Honestly, the guy that I look out of this tier of 18, 19, and 20 that I like the least is honestly Debo Samuel. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just the way that the 49ers use him. He's basically he's. I mean, that's why he's been called before. What did they call him? Like wide back or something like that? Yeah, something along like, those lines. That's basically what his role is on the team, and so. I think it's hard to trust him. Yes, you know he's going to get consistent work, but I don't think it's, you know, it's not he's not going to have these huge games just because of what his role is in that offense. And we already know the 49ers are a run-heavy team. Now they want to use Debo Samuel as basically their check down back. So it's just a really interesting situation that I don't think I like for fantasy. And he finishes, uh, I think, somewhere around wide receiver 28. Yeah, he missed some games, but did finish not that highly. Yeah, and so... I just don't accept, expect to see a ton of progression um, QB situation. You know, we're still not 100% sure what that's going to look like. So there's just a lot of uh, issues right now with Debo Samuel where I wouldn't feel comfortable taking him over some of the guys, like you mentioned, Calvin Ridley, DJ Moore, um that next year. So we look down the list. I know we're saying top 20, but guys like Terry McLaurin even look down the list a little bit more, Christian Watson. Those are all guys that I think – have a lot more potential to perform just because of what their roles are in their offense than someone like Debo Samuel.
0: Yeah, I I think in the ideal conditions, Debo Samuel does still have top twelve, top ten potential because he's done it before. Mm-hmm. But there yeah. are lots of unknowns. That it seems like a different unknown comes into play every single year. So there is reason to yeah.
1: And and is that in that running back role, that's where all the injury risk is. So you know, yep. just that too makes me uncomfortable. Uh, I say he's one of the highest injury risk players out of the top 20 in wide receivers and we saw it last year that's why he had entry issues so i it's just tough to select him especially if you're looking for you know consistency at the wide receiver two position i i wouldn't feel comfortable with him there
0: yeah completely with you well that's the top 20 we did it that was a lot Whoa. of fun i hope you guys were what's up oh sorry did you hmm. say something nothing no, oh, no you're good you're good yeah i hope you guys learned something. Um, we have three out of the four positional previews now done. So tight end episode will come out the day after this one. And, uh, yeah, I mean, is there anyone I I know I guess you mentioned a guy like Christian Watson down being down the draft board that you like a lot. And for me in those Mm -hmm. twenties, I'm excited for a guy like Terry McLaurin at 21 to take a next step. I think Christian Kirk at wide receiver 27 could still be a top 24 guy, even with Calvin Ridley, other guys like that. I'm excited for but those are your top guys that you're getting in fantasy drafts. Mm -hmm. And once again, I think the final thing thought I have on this, and I think Chris, we've been pretty together on this for years is that the wide receiver position is so deep that it's always more important Mm -hmm. to prioritize running backs, which are so much more thin in the early rounds.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think that outside of those top few guys. So outside of Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Cooper cup, I'm totally comfortable with people taking those kind of guys because you know, They're going to give you value. But after that, like, from that, like, 20 to even, like, 40 range, I mean, you look down the list, you've got guys like Juju Smith-Schuster coming to New England. He could be their number one receiver. Um, uh, Who else is down there? George Pickens, number two wide receiver for the Steelers. Like, there's a lot.
0: Yeah,
1: Courtland Sutton at 43. There's a lot of good values. I mean, you move up the list, Michael Pittman, Mike Williams, Deontay Johnson, you know, there's – There's just a bunch of guys that I feel like could very well play at the level that you'd see someone like DJ Moore or Devo Samuel play at. And so I think Mm -hmm. it's better to target volume in the later rounds for wide receivers and consistency more with running backs and players that you know are going to be good in that top tier of players. Exactly. Completely agree. And even outside the
0: top 40, like a guy like Brandon Cooks at wide receiver 41 to me is such a good value because he'll probably rise up into the top 30 with the Cowboys as their number two receiver. Exactly. So yeah, that's all. Thank you, Chris, for jumping on the episode. Mm-hmm. It was great, great to have you back uh for yeah, the return. Awesome. So longtime listeners will remember the the those mm-hmm. days back when we hosted probably over a hundred episodes in total. Yeah. So thank you all for tuning in. Be sure to, as always, follow on Twitter at Calvin underscore SGF and at SGF pod. Follow Chris at Chris underscore SGF
1: if you want to see his mm-hmm. old tweets when he hasn't yeah, tweeted my... in like two years. <laughs> my Twitter is so inactive. I was like, I, it's funny because, you know, every once in a while, I'll just like for sports news, I'll be looking at like a Twitter post or something and I'll just go to my account and be like, uh, I haven't updated my profile or anything, you know. Like, I'm, <laughs> I don't even know who I think who do I have on my profile. It still says you host this... SG Sports Talk, and that's been dead SG Sports Talk, for like which multiple is years. Totally disbanded. Here, I'm gonna plug <laughs> in my Twitter live on the show. Let's
0: see, Javante Williams RB1 season. You still believe that? Yeah, mm. <laughs> yeah, as you <laughs> exactly. can tell, it's not been very updated at all. Your last I've got, tweet got hashtag SFB12,
1: yeah, SFB13. Calvin is competing in. Started. Yeah, SFB thirteen right now. So that uh, <laughs> definitely says something about the state of my problem. Maybe I'll maybe need to work on that. Maybe I should just make a returning tweet. You know? Yeah, you should be like just a... n- 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 see who see who responds, see who still remembers this Twitter. But you should, you guys mm-hmm. should go follow him. Let's see if he
0: gets to, like a lot of followers from this <laughs> <laughs> at yes, Chris Anderson for SGF.
1: All right. Well, my my dead Twitter account.
0: Yeah, exactly. Thank you all for tuning in. Anything else you got, Chris? Before we wrap this up.
1: No, I think I've said it all. Great show.
0: Yeah, the the things have been said and they've all been laid out there for your use. Just a couple more episodes, tight end preview, and then the fantasy football draft guide episode coming out and for this podcast. Football
1: season series. is coming up quickly. I'm excited.
0: Training camp is almost there. It's only like another mm-hmm. week now. We're gonna get to see all these guys in action. Guys like Jalen Hyatt having their breakouts in training camp and mm-hmm. me being right. Agreed, agreed. Wait.
1: The entire Giants offense, honestly, is going to, you know, go into a breakout <laughs> season right now. No, that's a biased
0: take. Yeah, the Giant, Chris, as a Giants fan, thinking the Giants are going to go to the Super Bowl.
1: I, I legitimately believe it. And, like, you know, you're, everyone's going to laugh at me, but I legitimately think the Giants are a Super Bowl contender this year. So, that, think about our offense Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, uh, Receiver Jalen Hyatt.
0: I mean we... <laughs> yes. Wandale Robinson, nobody and else. Wandale
1: Robinson. Um we did lose Kenny Galladay. That was obviously a huge hit. Yeah. Oh yeah. Red zone threat. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he so was...
0: excellent at 50 50 balls down the field. Able...
1: Yeah, he was just really, really productive for us. But yeah, I think once we get <laughs> that uh that situation figured out with Saquon Barkley, that our defense is just so strong too. Dexter Lawrence, sexy Dexy, you know, What else <laughs> we have? Uh what's the name? Why am I blanking on the corner we just drafted? True Giants fan right here. Yeah. Wow, this is really embarrassing. Why am
0: I blanking on his name? Maybe the Giants are just going to be bad this year. I think the Commanders will be better personally.
1: Oh, and then don't even t- our tight end room. We have the best tight end room in the league.
0: Not when Travis Kelsey exists. Uh, Darren Waller and Daniel Ballinger is not the best tight end room in the league.
1: It's at least top three.
0: No. We're going mm. to have to if Darren Waller can Michael stay healthy and on drafted, the field. Oh,
1: Deontay Bank. We <laughs> Welcome to the
0: NFC East so bickering podcast. Yeah, it's anyway <laughs> turned into something else. At, at least we
1: can both agree that the Giants are going to be way better than the Commanders. So,
0: wow! If only we could agree on that. No, the the Commanders are going to be better. Uh, the Giants are going to be fine, but they're going to finish last in the division <laughs> because the NFC East is really? too stacked.
1: really, really. Mm, that's crazy.
0: Yeah, I can't think of a single position where. The, <laughs> I was gonna say I can't think of a single position where the Giants are better than the Commanders. Um, Un- unbiased take. Quarterback. Not Sam Howell. I mean, I do believe in <laughs> Sam Howell. I think there's a chance that Sam Howell is going to be better than Daniel Jones this year. Like, genuinely. what?
1: That is crazy. Okay, let's think about the positions that consensus were better than you guys. Quarterback, running back, tight end, Not wide receiver. <laughs> definitely offensive not Defensive line um defensive line no yes. see
0: you can't even keep a straight face if you were watching this <laughs> video you see he's not keeping a straight face the defensive line that is crazy we have okay depth there too okay Anna, and our safeties are
1: insane probably better what? than yours what what are you even talking about xavier mckinney Cam Crow and Deontay George Banks, Adoree Jackson, like okay. Well, we both have elite safeties. I would say mm-hmm. at the end of the day, the it commanders are going to get the Giants are just a city. little bit more elite, If you know what I mean? Oh my gosh, Aziz Uljilari, Kayvon Thibodeau, Leonard Williams, and Dexter Lawrence. Well, we do have
0: former Giant Nick Gates to like destroy you twice a year on the interior oh, okay, no. on our <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> on our terrible offensive line. Yeah, yeah I mean well, the commanders you, you do can have keep some him goals, you can but keep we're going to be better this year. <laughs> yeah. We need.
1: Yeah, I'm have to I come I was... back. We should we should like host a show or something like previewing before the Commanders Giants game or
0: something. That would be Oh fun. yeah. Yeah, just like a special episode. We should do that. Let mm-hmm. us know if you guys want that. Leave a review if you liked this well, show. Or we could do like a, a
1: recap after the Giants beat the Commanders just to embarrass Calvin. You know, that would be well that too. could never happen though.
0: I thought we were planning a real show. Because like the there's no chance that's ever going to happen. Uh,
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's really funny. We'll see. It will be really funny. I'll be Mark laughing. this moment down when the Giants beat the I should record this as a bold
0: take. <laughs> Play this back at the end of the season. Yeah, giants,
1: giants are going to the to the uh, NFC Championship.
0: I guarantee it. Wow. Already fading from the Super Bowl. You understand you <laughs> just have too many holes. <laughs> All right, I think Zoom is going to kick us out with this stupid like 40-minute meeting, so we'll probably mm-hmm. have to wrap up the show right here. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you, Chris, for coming back. We should do a Commander's Giants show, whatever happens in those games yep. at some point. And mm-hmm. thank you all. If you stuck around through this random arguing that has nothing to do with fantasy football, thank you for listening to the whole show. So yep. appreciate everybody. Review, follow on Twitter, send emails, at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.